It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. Mostly Motorsports is brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. I'm Scott Trailer, Kirk Elliott, back in the Racing Boys studio, along with producer Todd Surprise. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm in Daytona Beach, Florida, and uh, it's been not so nice down in Daytona here for the last couple of days. It's been a little bit chilly, um, a little bit colder maybe than actually Kansas City has been. Kirk, how you no, doing? No, that can't be. Can it? It, it was could be. 62 degrees in Kansas City yesterday. And, Todd, you say it's going to be up around 70 today? 68. To oh, my God. 68 with a, you know, you can't say a windshield, but it feels like temperature is going to be with Daytona Beach weather for one day. So That's crazy. You go down there and we're here. <laughs> so Who to we'll, fuck it? We'll take it. And then, like you said, it looks like we have a mild week all week. We have one little chance of some precip on wednesday but by the time you roll back into town scott it'll be nice we're gonna have friday saturday and sunday is gonna be back in 40s and 50s again so you'll be bringing a little sunshine weather back to us it'll be like you've never left florida you know i am looking forward to getting back home i i want to watch the super bowl at home yes i i I don't want to watch it down here superstition yeah i just i want to watch it in my front room with my shirt on that is my good luck shirt and um i'm just hoping that uh i get back up there i'll probably be in the studio on saturday morning probably is it because you forgot and left your good luck shirt here and you don't have it with you that you know i have i have it with me oh you do yes so what's the difference why why not just uh stay down in florida and go to a local establishment there and watch the watch the super bowl there instead of driving all the way back here well first of all kirk it costs a lot of money to stay down here it does yeah but who cares that's only money uh yeah but i don't want to spend <laughs> another uh, uh eight nine hundred dollars staying down here for another week yeah well the only yeah. problem is you haven't seen much there's not much racing down there this past weekend you know really kirk what this trip has been all about is uh a little R and R for oh Scott, you know I've been uh, I haven't been out of town in a while, and I've been wanting to get out of town, and I just haven't done it. Um, I'm going to travel a little bit this this summer. We're going to go to Pennsylvania Speed Week. Um, I want to go to Eldora for the million, and um, I I just I just needed to get a little a little relief in the brain. You know, it, it, it's it's beautiful. I'm sitting here uh, at this hotel, and we're right on the beach, and I'm looking at the ocean, and it, it's it's just so beautiful, man. It's nothing like – I don't know if you, you do this or not when you come down here, Kirk, but at nighttime, we leave the door open a little bit, and you can hear the ocean bouncing on the on the on the uh the beach and it sounds so good at night man it is just it is so nice there there's you know me personally 
I've always been an ocean guy. And uh, I've always enjoyed the ocean. You know, I used to live in Redondo Beach, California. And uh, I lived down in uh, Marathon Key, Florida uh, in the summer of 84. And so the ocean has always been a, a, a just something really special to me. I just love it, man. I just, there's nothing more than enjoying the sound of the ocean. What do you think about that, Todd? You like the sound of the ocean? Absolutely. Yeah, when we go to, um, we've been at Carlsbad, San Diego. You know, it's not quite San Diego. It's a little south of San Diego. So you're in Carlsbad there in between. And, and one of the hotels that we stayed at is right on the beach. And what's really cool about it, I mean, there's a, there's a road that separates you, but there's two giant traffic lights that stop the traffic for the pedestrians to walk across the way. So what that does in turn is, is at night, like you said, it you can just hear the ocean all night long because there's hardly any traffic on the you know on the on the highway right there and man there's nothing beats the smell and and the sounds of the ocean when you're sleeping i mean it's it it may be a little humid and you have to deal with the humidity here and there and your clothes may never dry out completely while you're <laughs> while right, you're right. While there's you're, a lot of humidity in the air sure right. sure is when my son we went and played that baseball game and uh, his clo- his baseball mitt, it rained one day, and the baseball mitt never dried out, and the clothes, it just it just stays wet down in some places when you're by the water. But I'll take that any day compared to the icy roads and what some of the some of the country's been dealing with this year. Uh, you know, we, we uh, you and I have seen the ocean together, but in California, you you and I went out to your old stomping grounds, Redondo Beach, or whatever beach that was that we went out on the pier. On there that day, you and now yep. flew out there for that Lucas Hole trip that one time. Yep. And uh, but you and I have not been together at Daytona. Of all the years I went to Daytona, I stayed in Orlando. I never stayed in Daytona, so I don't know what that's like staying or you know sleeping near the ocean. You you've had plenty of experience doing that, but every year I went down there, I stayed in Orlando. Yeah. Well, uh, listen. To be honest with you. There's nothing like uh, sitting by the ocean and listening to the waves slap on the beach. Um, and, and the the ocean's been pretty rough here uh, the last few days. The, the weather hasn't been very good, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's been pretty crappy, to be honest with you. Well, let's so. hope it picks up tonight. They're supposed to start racing at Volusia tonight. Let's, uh, let's, hope, let's get this bad weather out of the way. What's it look like the rest of the week? Oh, I think it's going to be okay. Uh, they are calling for a little bit of rain on Thursday and Friday. Oh, that's bad. I don't Here, like hear uh, that. You know the the thing about the thing about um, Florida though is it, it rains and it can be gone again in an hour. Not even that. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's what I've always enjoyed about Florida is like it may rain, but it'll be fine again in an hour or so. So I mean, it's the the, the fronts do move in and out of there very quickly. So. It's rare to get anything to set on top of something very long down there in Florida. And uh, so that's that's what my hope is for you guys down there is, you know, if you do get anything in and out and let it let it roll. Now, the World of Outlaws are supposed to be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And you said they're predicting rain Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in there. Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, we don't need that. Get that get that on out of here. So we got it. We got to see some sprint car racing this week. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, uh, 
I wouldn't mind staying down here another week, but um, I just don't want to spend the money, to be honest with you. Now the All-Stars, they open there on Tuesday night. They've got two nights of action, Tuesday and Wednesday at Volusia, and then the World of Outlaws Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So that's five big nights of uh, 410 wing sprint car action to really get the season going. Yeah. Um, And, and man, we got a really good show lined up for you today. Uh, Danny Lasoski is going to be joining us here on the show. And also Lee Spencer is going to be joining us in hour number two. I think I might get Scotty Cook to come in here and hang out with us for a little bit as well today. Is um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, he, he, Scotty's not having a very good day today. Just so you know. Well, I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, he's okay, but uh, it, it it hadn't been a very good day for him. So um, I I don't know what kind of mood he's going to be in, but it it it's not going to be the upbeat Scotty that we always love and, and, uh, appreciate Scotty always, you know, it always brings positive energy, but, uh, today wasn't a very good day for him. So we'll get any details, but, uh, apparently an accident, but he's okay. That's the main thing. He's okay. Yeah. So Kirk, did you watch that? Uh, did you watch that race last night? Martin Truex Jr. Picked up the win last night. Did you watch it? What a big win for Truex who, went winless the entire 2022 season and he comes down to the la coliseum this weekend and you could tell he had a fast race car he didn't qualify all that well on saturday night so he had to start towards the back of his heat race but the way he sliced his way up in that heat race you could tell he had a strong race car he went up grabbed the lead and really checked out and uh, didn't he start second kirk uh, of the A main, yeah. yeah, but the but the fact that that he had to he had to crawl his way up from the back of his heat race because he didn't qualify that well is what really opened your eyes to how strong that nineteen car was going to be. Not many other drivers of the four heat races were able to slice their way up through there as easily as Truex was able to do, and once he got up front. He just checked out, and they put the heat winners all in the first two rows of the A main. So you knew he was going to have a fast race car from the get-go. I I don't think Bubba Wallace is too happy with Austin Dillon. No. Yeah, he was was still sitting in his race car after that was all over there. What did he end up, about 21st or something like that? But he had the lead in that race up to the halfway part. Yeah, and he he got got dumped. There's no doubt about it. You know, Austin turned him around. Yeah, but you know what? I think Austin had, uh, uh, kind of paid him back a little bit because I think I think uh, Bubba Wallace was kind of beating on him a little bit right yeah. before that. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Austin took lightly to that. And what a great run um, for RCR. Austin Dillon runs second, and Kyle Busch, first time in the eight car, he runs third. How about that, Kirk? Yeah, and, you know, they, they talked to both those drivers at the end of the race and Kyle Busch. Now, this, this is uh, this is not something you'd really expect to hear out of the mouth of Kyle Busch, but this just shows how happy he is to be over at RCR, that he gave deference to his teammate Austin Dilling, saying that the three-car was faster than mine, and so I let him go thinking that he had something better than I had for the 19 car. Now, how about that for Kyle Busch? 
he's uh, he's ingrained himself now in the culture of RCR racing. I think they're off to a great start. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think this is going to be a really exceptional year for Kyle Busch this year. I think he's going to feel I, – I think that him and Richard Childress are going to bond, and it's going to be – dare I say this – it's going to be a little bit like what he, the relationship that he had with Dale Earnhardt. I think that Kyle Busch is going to be a little bit rougher on people. He's going to race them a little bit harder because he knows that he's got a, a car owner that's going to back him behind him, all these uh, all these races. I think I think Kyle Busch is going to have a really good year this year. What do you think? Kurt? Oh, I agree with that. I think he's going to win multiple races this year. That was a fast car last year with Tyler Reddick behind the wheel. You put yeah. Kyle Busch in there working with Randall Burnett. I mean, he's got a free mind now. He doesn't have to worry about all the distractions, and he feels wanted now at a race team over there. He didn't feel that way with Joe Gibbs racing, and I think he's got something to prove, too. And I believe he's going to, he's going to go out there. He's still in the prime of his career, and he's going to go out there and lay it down this year for RCR, no doubt about it. Yeah, we we saw a few cars fall out of the race. Um, Eric Jones, he had a suspension problem. Ty Gibbs had some suspension problem. Um, Austin Cedric, he had an engine problem. And then a, a couple guys had some fuel problems. Todd Gilliland and Michael McDowell, they both had fuel problems. Yeah, McDowell had a relatively fast race car. He looked, he yeah. looked pretty strong uh, in in that race. But uh, and and by the way, what Michael McDowell has done at Front Row Motorsports, he won the Daytona 500 a couple of years ago. I I think he is a guy that can step up and win another points-paying race uh, this year with that team. You, we've seen how even most of these cars are with this new next-gen car and how many different winners we had last year. Michael McDowell, he, he, and he's looked very good on the road courses. And so wow. he's he's a guy that could step up and get it done. Uh, Pete was just telling us here on the chat room that a, a, a 3.8 earthquake shook Buffalo, New York area residents out yeah. of their bed on Monday. How about that? I, oh my! I mentioned that when I came in that I told my wife, I said, I, there was actually another report. I saw somebody else said 4.1 on another Richter scale out there in New York. So, yeah, in you guys. In Buffalo? In New York, yes, sir. So, mm -hmm. um, I believe you've, we've got two big ones, a 7.9, you know, or 7.8, a 7.2 over there in in turkey and we you know it there's just it's terrible what's going on over there right now and wow syria and turkey is and so and then we had one so the whole world is connected this just kind of shows you that you know we may be separated by oceans but yet we're all still connected that that shock you that they had there's a reason why we had our little shock over here you can't tell me it it isn't got something to do with it but yes i did see that report somewhere it right? is well we're all we're all hooked onto this big blue marble so i mean i mean just, just water separating us but but yeah i did see that this morning and i was getting ready to ask some of our viewers that we have and listeners out there on the west coast east coast if if anybody felt it because i i did see some tiktok reports this morning saying man we're here feeling something in new york wow how about that well 
All the best. You can't see those earthquakes coming. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, like there's no, that's the one that's a surprise out of all of them. You know, even a tornado and we get here in the Midwest and they're getting a lot down there in the South and stuff. You you get a little warning, but the yeah. earthquake is, uh, there's not much of a warning. They're trying, they're, they're trying their damnedest to try to get these predictions for this, you know, earthquake out. But it's, it's tough, man. Unless you're sitting on a, a Richter scale, you're not going to know it's happening. You know, you just, you're just yeah. not. What are they, about yeah. 2,500 people are dead yeah, in it's, Syria it's and Turkey? Between wow. Syria and Turkey, and then... There'll be more that than that when it's all over. Yeah, there's just building. It, so I showed some Kirk some of the video. It just looks like it just looks like a war zone. Wow. I mean, some of the buildings are just coming down, and the aftershocks are big. You know, we talk about the earthquake. They're getting some major aftershocks over there, too, so it's well, just not safe. I, I think part of the reason is, is that a lot of these countries... They yep. don't have building codes, no. and they're not like the United States. Exactly. You know, like California, uh, they make you build these buildings to withstand the earthquake. And, uh, you know, we we know what happened up in San Francisco, and a lot of people lost their life up there. But um, the fact is, is that you just don't know when these earthquakes are going to be coming, right? They just have no idea. They just all of a sudden happen. Yeah, and, I never uh, will forget it hit that World Series in San Francisco that one time. What was that, 89? Yeah, in 89. Or, was it 89? Yeah, eight, or early night. I can't remember which, but yeah, that Sat was. Sat down to watch the World Series, and all of a sudden the picture went black, and then they came back and said, we just had an earthquake here. Yeah, see, and that's the thing, you know, it's, you just don't know. <laughs> you, no, you, really, you never know. You just don't know. So. All the best to everybody out there, and uh, boy, that's that's pretty tough. You. You know, that's just a reminder. You just can't take anything for granted. You enjoy each day when you got it and just be try to be prepared as best you can when these kinds of things hit. So all the best to everybody involved. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so uh, what did you think about that race last night, Kirk, at, at the Coliseum? Did you think it was pretty good? A lot of cautions, but, I yeah, I was entertained by too it. Too many. Too many cautions. Too many cautions. Yes. I way too many i thought the two pre-race the two races that led up to the main was a much better tv product than the actual race we had well, i enjoyed watching the heat races and yeah the, the heat races were, and the uh, b or the last chance qualifiers i think they called them yeah those are really entertaining i the race like you guys said a lot of cautions and it was hard to watch it was it was I like didn't watch, like the musical acts all that much well but. yeah regardless of that i mean <laughs> you know whatever but not my cup of tea but between hey. that and the pro bowl that this you know i it was hard to watch tv both of those events last night were not good tv to watch i don't know it just between well kirk, kirk's all about country i know country. and 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 like you said whatever and i can rock and rock. I mean, I I can go with the growth, whatever you know, whatever we're gonna do. I don't have a problem with that. I don't, I don't have any problem with any of it. But what I just didn't, I I'm like you, Scott. What I didn't in, in, enjoy was that was too many wrecks for me. It was just not, yeah. and they wasn't the kind of wrecks that you tune in like at a Martinsville or a, or too many a people Bristol. knocking people out of the way. Yeah, it wasn't. It just. Jenna, my wife, who doesn't watch a lot of NASCAR, she asked me, is that track smaller than normal? And I said, yeah. She goes, this doesn't look all that fun. And I said, well, maybe if you're there, it might be fun to watch. You know, it might be good in the crowd. Do but, they, they measure that a quarter mile? Is that what that is? 
I'm not sure how they measure that. We'll have uh, Lee on the second hour, but she, yeah, we'll, she may we'll know. We'll talk to her about that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll I thought they did out. a, it, I mean, the, the way they set up the venue, it, it looked cool. Oh, it no. looked like a permanent racetrack. Yeah. And the way they had everything set up, uh, these cars, I think, race better than the old car would have yeah. on this kind of a racetrack. Last year, I think they were just kind of feeling this new car out. They really weren't taking the kind of chances yep. that they were last night's, which that caused more of the yellow flags than anything. When you bump somebody and turn somebody around, that's obviously going to throw a yellow yep. with a tight track. And you had 27 race cars, which is a larger field than what they had last year. I don't know whether that contributed to it or not, but you couldn't have put any more cars on that racetrack than what they had. 27 right, no may have stretched the limit a little bit, but uh, I don't know. I, you know, it, it was okay. I mean, it, it was a long event. Started at, what, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, didn't get done until after 9 o'clock by the time they got everything done. But, yeah, I thought it was it, it was okay. All right. Um, listen, we're going to take a break. Uh, we need to get to Danny Lasoski. He's going to be on here with us in just a moment. Uh, it was his birthday just a couple days ago. We'll talk to him about that and uh, everything that's going on with Brian Brown and him and what they're going to be doing this year. And uh, we'll talk about some of his wins down there at Volusia. He's won a lot of races down there at Volusia over the years. And we're going to have Danny Lasoski on us. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply. And again, we're featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back with more Mostly Motorsports, again, brought to you by Rod in Supply. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. 
here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply. Again, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. I'm Scott Trailer, and uh, we're going to welcome into the show right now a longtime friend of the Racing Boys. Been around a long time and great friend of the Racing Boys. Danny Lasoski joins us now on the show. Danny, how you doing? Hey, Scott, great. Thank you very much for having us on the Racing Boys again. Hey, man, listen, we've been friends for a long time, bud. And, um, you know, I was just sitting here and I, I, I was just going through. You've got 16 wins at Volusia. Talk about all your <laughs> success that you had down there at Volusia. I, I got to be honest with you. Volusia County Speedway is probably my second favorite racetrack to run in my racing career. I love it because down here in Florida, what people don't realize is usually when you come down here in February, you get max out of your engine, max out of your wings, max out of your car, because it's usually below sea level in the air. And these things really operate around this racetrack. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think you will remember this, but back in the day, do you remember when I followed you around with a camera for a day down there, you and your crew chief, and we had such a great time. That was such a great video that we put together. It was behind the wheel. And, um, and, and that was right after you, you quit driving for Roth and you went down there, you pulled down there with a pickup truck and a, and a gooseneck trailer, and you ended up winning that deal down there at, at Volusia that last race. How about that? I remember that because you had to use so much tape and bleep and everything I was saying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, we. Uh, uh, that, was, that was a fun time. It's fun going down with my own car and doing that. Uh, just really, really look forward to all the speed weeks every time we came down here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Danny, what, uh, what, what are you, are you excited about this year again? What are you going to be doing? I'm sure you're going to be helping Brownie again, right? No, I'm uh, Brownie. Brownie's I, I, I told him, um, last, uh, year at uh, Knoxville national, my wife went through some little health deals. And I told him after that, I said, look, I've been doing this for 40 years. I'm going to kind of stay off the road now. So I'm going to kind of hold back a little bit and, um, try a new venture i'll i'll let you know in a couple of weeks what i'm doing but uh, i'm not i'm not going to be on the road full time oh well it, it, that's going to be a little bit different for you isn't it oh it's culture shock but i tried this i tried um november december and january being retirement that is absolutely not for me so i got to do something <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt about it you know after spending 13 years out on the road with the luxor aocs national sprint car tour um I'm having a little bit of a hard time not being out there, being around your friend. You know, that that's the thing that people don't understand more than anything. It's the people that you meet along the way, isn't it, Danny? That's exactly right. They become family. And you're yeah. around, you're actually around them more than you are your own family. Yeah, yeah. So, um so what are you going to do with yourself? You're going to just now you're living in Florida right now, right? Yeah, live in Ocala, Florida. And I'm heading to Volusia as we speak. I'm going to help uh, Brownie all this week at uh, Volusia. And then um, I'll be able to tell you in another week or so exactly what I'm doing. Maybe you can have me back on the show. Oh, man, that would be great. We can't wait to hear what's going on there. Um, Danny, uh, just talk about your career and everything that you've done. You, you know, you're the all-time winningest driver at Knoxville. Um, you've done so much with your career. Um, just kind of go through your career and, and what's what's it mean to you to to have all the success that you had you've done so much as a driver um are do you ever feel like you want to scratch that itch again <laughs> every single day scott every single day i'm 60 i just turned 64 and i still feel like i can crawl in and get the job done at certain places. Obviously, not not all the places, but some of the places. But I, I am living proof that if you believe in yourself enough and you're hard-headed enough, never, ever give up on your dreams, and your dreams can come true. Because I love this sport so much. The, the whole sport of auto racing, not just sprint cars, but everything. I'm an avid fan now uh, and just so proud of what we've been able to do. And, and obviously, can't do it um on my own you know with the help of my dad along the way 100 percent by my side and a bunch of great car owners and winning winning the races and and and, and it's an honor to be the all-time leader at knoxville on, on on wins and championships and it just goes to show you that uh if, if you put your heart and soul into something good things can happen did you did you feel like danny that when you were crew chiefing for brian did you get as much satisfaction out of that it, 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 helping Brian win these races and, and doing as well as he did? Did you get a lot of self-satisfaction out of that? I I got a lot of self-satisfaction of, of getting him back on track because when I went there, he he was really struggling and, and needed to get it, get him. You know, his confidence was down, and I think by just me being there in person, that that really helped that. Um, but it's, it's a way different experience and a way different feeling to 
be able to win as a crew chief versus being a driver. Um, I can't say it's any better, but I can't say it's any worse either. It, it was a satisfying – when he won the World of Outlaw race last year in Knoxville, it was a pretty pretty good feeling it came across, but it still doesn't make up for being behind the seat and, and being in control yourself. Right, right. You know, I, I, I remember back in the day when – at the chili bowl, people could do whatever they want to the car. And, and you were really creative with your car. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not so sure that you weren't the guy that changed the rules at the chili bowl, because when you came down there that one year, you had your car, you had the side panel on it and it was kind of kicked <laughs> out and whatnot. And I think that was the beginning of the end of doing anything that you could do with your, your midget. Right. You're exactly right. I was the culprit of that. When we, we showed up there with that thing, we went there. You know, when you go to the Chili Bowl and you got all winter to think about something, I'm, I'm not going there to run second, and I need to get an advantage. Right. And we definitely got an advantage, but uh, Emmett and Lanny didn't see it our way, and, that, and from that point on, there's a rule book now. Yeah, no doubt. Kirk, you want to jump in? Yeah, Danny, uh, just uh, talk about uh, where Brian transitions next. You're going to help him out this week down there what's next for brian brown well brian brown hired chad morgan back chad morgan left for a year and went to, to um, Harrington jennerton and they they got their wires crossed and um brian asked me what i thought and i said i think if chad comes back uh he can he can just go full steam because and it's not nothing we have an open uh, open book on uh, knowledge that that uh, not only do i have chad has and we just gave it to brian so i think you won't even notice the difference i think you'll come out really strong this weekend and all year long hey hey by the way uh, just announced you're going into the carb hall of fame here in just a few weeks we put your dad in there here while a few years ago what do you think about uh, you're going into the carb hall of fame here that is such an honor just being have my name mentioned with not only my dad my uncle tom but all all the people that for the central auto racing boosters, you know, that, that in itself is in my, my opinion is a bunch of great racers, all great racers in, in that group. Yep. And it's, it's an honor and I'm literally looking forward to it. And we're going to see you up here for that, right? No, no. Baker's going to accept my award. Uh, the world of outlaws are racing down here in Florida that weekend. So I'll be there. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to be at the racetrack. That's where Kenny Schrader yeah. was a year ago, too, by the way. How is your dad, by the way? He went through that surgery last year. How's he getting along? It's scary. He tells me he feels uh, he feels 20 years younger, and, and he's doing more now than he did before. It's amazing to what modern <laughs> medicine can do. And uh, just thank the good Lord above that he looked out for him, and he's, he's wide open still. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if you know Frog Hall. Do you know Frog? Yes, I do. Yeah, he wanted me to ask you, he, he chimed in on the chat room here, he wanted to know if you ever wanted to drive Indy cars. Um, I did. I got my Indy car license at um, uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway because if I ever got the opportunity, I wanted to take it. So I, I did a test out there and uh, was Indianapolis to any young guy in the Midwest was it. And I, I was very fortunate to be able to run an IROC race at Indy and had my license to go, I, I could have bypassed the rookie test. So I could, if I would have had an opportunity to get in a car, yes, I would have done it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I think you would have been great at that as well. Um, Danny, what, what is the highlight of your career? Would it be the, the all-time winningest driver at Knoxville? Or, or is there a race that 
stands out in your mind that's maybe your favorite race of all time? Knoxville Nationals, wouldn't it? Um, I think, yeah, Kurt, I think you're right. I mean, the 1998 Knoxville Nationals, if I had to choose one race, would be that race that, that I'll never in my life ever forget. Because growing up as a young kid, as you all well know, around Missouri, that's what, and especially in a sprint car, that's that, what's what you live and dream and, and continue today. You think about um, how wonderful that feeling was, and they never, never can take it away from me. And, and I'm just very fortunate enough to be able to do it four times. And I know that if you ask Brian Brown that same question, that's he thinks about it 365 days a year. As soon as the Nationals are over, he thinks about the next year. Because, you know, not only has he put the effort, he, he's going to win it. I just don't know when. I just wish I could be there with him. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, let, let me ask you this, uh, Danny. Do, do you think that um, as as a driver, what what besides the Knoxville Nationals, what do you think, where do you think we're at right now in, in 410 sprint car racing? Because it seems like it's making a resurgence right now. Would you agree with it me sure on is. that? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with this. In today's 410 racing, and when these young guys with a talent has come out there now and, you know, you know, when baby Jesus shows up and he, you know, he, he's, he's a, he's a threat every single time. And, and you got gravel and you got Macedo and, and you got all these young guys that's coming in, buddy Kofoy and this Ryan Tim's kid, all these guys are coming up and it's, I mean, it's really looking strong for, for world of outlaw 410 sprint car racing. What do you think about the high limit steel? Um, I, I'm all for it. You know, the heat, you know, when Brad Sweet and, and Larson went in there to do that, they didn't want to balk the world of outlaws. They just wanted to, to for them to step their game up. I see what they're doing. I'm, I'm an avid world of outlaw guy. Will be from, you know, from Ted Johnson now, wherever, but they're not, they're not, they're not racing on top of them. They're going to race, you know, on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights when, when all of us, and I'm guilty of it too. I'd love to be able to watch a, a, a 410 sprint car race on Tuesday or Wednesday nights. So I'm all for it. What do you think about that $50,000-to-win race at Lakeside Speedway? That's going to be a big one, isn't it? That's going to be a big one, and I'll be there for attending. I will attend that one. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, it. The, amount, the amount of money that's being thrown at 410 Sprint Car Radio, you know, the late model guys uh, you know, started all the big money races. Now we're starting to get it into the sprint car ranks with the million-dollar-to-win race at Eldora. You got 250000 to win at Cusett's. Uh, we're starting to see what late model racing has seen for a long time here. You got to be uh, thrilled about that. And how big is that for sprint car racing? I would be thrilled if that came about 10 years ago. When, yeah. I was racing. I <laughs> when you were in your prime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have really loved it. I said, man, oh man, but I'm really exciting for the sport of sprint car racing, man, for, for Tony to, to put up a million and, you know, you got the Knoxville Nationals will always be the granddaddy. And having you know the the race at uh, Williams Grove for the Williams Grove Open, all that everything. I mean, it's looking great now. Now fifty thousand to win right in our backyard, in Kansas City. It's it's all looking up, and I just hope it just continues to roll. Danny, does anybody ever offer you up a ride? Does anybody ever come to you and say, "Come on, let's uh, let's throw you in a sprint car"? Do you ever get that opportunity? Yeah. I, I have that opportunity often and, and really appreciate of it. But just, um, you know, up until this year, I've, I've been really busy. Oh, uh, I was with Mason. Then I went with Brown. So I've been really focused on that. So probably if the next person offered me a ride, I'm probably going to take them up for it on it. Yeah. 
Well, listen, man, there would be nothing greater to see Danny Lasoski back inside of a sprint car, wheeling it around, maybe a Knoxville or, or maybe better yet, maybe you could get a ride and run that $50,000 to win race at the high limit race at Lakeside Speedway. Maybe that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? Maybe I'll just tell Brian to get another 21 out and we'd run two cars. You think he would do that? I don't know. I have to ask him. <laughs> you know, one thing I like about you, Danny, you never announced your retirement. You never said you were going to retire nope. driving a car. I am I am not retirement, and I'm not old. I'm just seasoned. So that I'll, I'll, I'm not retired yet. Yeah. Well, Danny, man, we, we really appreciate you being on the show with us today. And, uh, man, it, it's just not the same not seeing Danny Lasoski out there driving a sprint car. Uh, I think a lot of people would love, would love to see you back in behind the wheel of a car. And um, hopefully we'll be able to see that uh, again someday. Hawaii, I'm, I'm with you. I'd love to do it again. And it's been, my career is just, in my eyes, second to none. Uh, I've pretty much done, you know, there's always more to do, but I can't complain. I've had a really good um career met a, a ton of wonderful people and they're more like my family than my family because I'm, I'm i'm around them all the time and and just uh just very happy and and it's a pleasure being on the racing boys once in a while you can't tease yeah. us just a little bit on what this big announcement is can you come on i can't wait it, he I can't tell, tell you. you i'm gonna be right in the middle i'm gonna be right smack and dab in the middle of 410 sprint car racing i can just tell um, you that so I yeah. will tell you as soon as, as soon as I get it all everything lined out, I'll tell you probably it'll be, it'll be with another week. All cool. right. Well, we'll have you back on here in another week, and we sure appreciate you taking the time to join us, Danny. You, you've always been a, a a great supporter of the Racing Boys, and and we can't thank you enough for always being there for us. It seems like it was just yesterday when Tom Wilson and I had you on our show <laughs> back in the day in 1998. It's it seems like it was just yesterday, that's for sure. But we really appreciate it, and we and all of us at Sprint Car World really appreciate what you and Kurt do for for Sprint Car Racing and all of racing. You know, you, you 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 get the you get the word out, you get the truth, and you and you don't quit. And that's what I love about you. You're the uh, World of Outlaws or 410 Racing in my mind of uh, radio. So keep up the good work, guys. Well, those are all nice right. words. Thank you, Danny. Congratulations on going in the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Yeah. All right. There you go. There's Danny Lasoski joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply. Again, featuring the pit, the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we might try to get our boy Scotty Cook on with us for a second or two. And uh, we'll talk to him here in just a little bit. Stay tuned for more Mostly Motorsports. Again, all brought to you by Rod In Supply. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. A coffee. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989. Missouri's most play getaway. 
Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery, we do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars, you can actually buy that. Build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, Kirk Elliott back in the Racing Boys studio in uh, lovely Gladstone, Missouri. And uh, Kirk, so um, I said that Scotty Cook was going to be here. And wouldn't you know it? He's late. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, he's had <laughs> he's had a uh, you know I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack on that today, after uh, after what he's experienced already this day. So if if he shows up before the end of the show, that's great. So well, glad, it, glad he's okay. It, that's the main. It, thing. It, it, it's so funny that he walks right out the door when I tell him, "Hey, man, can you can you stick around here?" He says, "I'll be right back." 
and then he walks out oh, the door. Oh, he was there. There he, he was is. with you. Here he comes. Okay. He, he's uh, he's getting ready to come back in here right now. Well, so. I'm, uh, I'm glad he's okay. That's the main thing. You know, there was some sprint car racing uh, over the weekend at Clewiston, Florida. Davey Frannick won a USCS sprint car race on uh, Saturday night, Scott. So I didn't see any video of that, but they had the races. Uh, down there at the Henry County Raceway in Clewiston, Florida. And the yep. same guys that raced at Volusia a week ago, the USCS series, uh, were out there on Saturday night. And just looking at the results, looked like a pretty good show down there. Davey Frannick, who ran in the top three at Volusia, picked up the win on Saturday night. That paid 3000 to win that race did too, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It did. So. All right. We got old Scotty Cook sitting in here with us. Scotty, how's your day going, buddy? Oh, just having a fantastic day here on uh, the A1A in Daytona Beach. You're lying. Kirk knows I'm lying. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be all right. uh, Scotty, it's going to be just fine. Everything yes, it will. If the uh, if the vehicle will drive, which that's yet to be determined. If it won't drive, then Houston, we have a problem. We'll see what happens here. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Yes, we're okay. All is well. Just uh, just uh, one of those shit happens things. One of those little fender benders. Yeah, dude shouldn't have been driving so fast. But who got the citation? You did. I did, yeah. 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 Ah, boy, that's no good. I've been there and done that, Scotty. I've been in your shoes. Oh, we know you have, Kurt. I have. Yeah. It's not fun, man. But you'll make it. All's well that ends well. You know, Kirk, out of all my friends, just to say, you've probably been in more wrecks than anybody I know. Oh, surely not. And don't surely. call me Shirley. <laughs> yep. I, I, I think you've I, I think you've been in more accidents than anybody I've known. Well, I, you know, I I've been I've been in a couple three accidents. <laughs> They're but, not always your fault though, right? But nothing serious. Some of them hadn't been my fault, but others have. Well, uh, hold on. That time that you crashed on four thirty five when you were pinned up against that the guardrail. That was not my fault. I got clipped. I got cut off. A guy passed me and clipped me and turned me around right in the middle of the interstate. That was not my fault. And he didn't stop, did he? And he didn't stop. He kept on going. And I thought that was the end of it right there. I'll never forget Kurt calling me when that accident happened. And Kurt says, I'm up against the guardrail. I don't know how to get out of my car. I said, Kirk, go over the column and get out on the passenger side. And uh, that's what you did, didn't you? Well, I think I was just in a state of shock thinking that I'm still alive. That might be you gotta the drop the window calling. net, Kirk. You got to drop the window net and let them know you're okay. Driver's side <laughs> up against the guardrail. <laughs> but no, you know, I, I guess I was just so ticked off that the guy just didn't stop. He he knew he hit me, turned me around. Thank God, you know there was no big eighteen wheeler semi truck right in my path. That was a good. What thing. kind of car hit you, Kurt? It was a uh, like a jeep that had a. Had a uh, 
one of I think it was a Jeep. It had a, a spare tire on the back of it. You know that that's the vision that I had. But yeah, it was one of those <laughs> that Jeeps that vision. hit me and turned me around. That was his vision. He had. I re- I remember when Kirk Elliott ran off the end of a dead end road down there in, in Tulsa Bowl. one day. Yeah, yeah, that was a bad. Yeah. I, had, I hadn't gotten down there yet. I got the phone call that. Kirk was injured or his car was what, injured. What, what was so funny about that experience was, is that I called Kirk and I could tell he was rattled and he, he wouldn't tell me what happened. It was before I learned how to use a GPS. I was trying to find you guys and I couldn't find it and got down on a wrong street. You were on the frontage road and, that and, ended. And you know, the other thing, Scotty, is that our good friend Danny Smith down there has helped me out a couple of times down there, just like he has you. My goodness. Boy, what a great howdy. guy he is. Shameless uh, shout-out to Same Day Auto and uh, five locations to serve you in Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma. And kind of funny and ironic that uh, I was really pleased about my little sled on the way down here. He did a lot of work on it during the Chili Bowl and shootout. <laughs> no, and was probably going to roll in and do a little bit more follow-up work on it <laughs> once I get back up there next month. But uh, I think right now that's the least of my worries. I got to worry about if it's going to get home or not. You Is know he- what you might do, Scotty? You might uh, might get you a replacement fender and have him put it on there for you. Well, that'll likely come from a salvage yard, salvage yard in Columbia, Missouri, called Sorrel's Auto and Truck Parts. <laughs> another one of your great sponsors. Yeah, another one of my great sponsors. And if all, if all else, just uh, I'll just uh, kick the bucket and say, uh, heck with it. I'll just go buy a bar, uh, a dock from Ozark Barge and Dock Service and just call it good. Yeah, Scotty. Um, To be honest with you, uh, I got to say that I think Flo dropped the ball when they didn't use you uh, for the broadcast down there at the the Chili Bowl and the shootout. But uh, you did a lot of other things down there. Tell us, um, were you satisfied with what you did down there this year? Absolutely. Very much so. And per their decisions and what they wanted to do and what they chose to do, what they chose not to do, um, you know me well enough to know that I'm I'm the one to take the high road on everything. Uh, I appreciated the couple of years that I worked with them. Um, it was a lot different uh, than than working on the Racing Boys production crew. I will Corporate say, America. I, I will say that. Um, great guys. They do a great job. They just, uh, as things go in this world, you know, when uh, they, they chose to go a different direction, and that's, that's all good and well. Um, part B to that question was, was I pleased with what I ended up doing? Absolutely. 100% because, um, as you know, and as he has been in your corner all these years, Matt Ward was in my corner and, and it goes without saying, we've said so many times what, what he and that entire Han family is to us. And, um, you know, he said all along, I've got your back and we're going to we're going to put you to work. And so to be able to uh, put me down there trackside and also to give me the opportunity to um, put together a daily um, update show as you and I did and you guys to be able to offer the platform. And then I was able to utilize some wonderful, wonderful supporters, Glenn Styers Racing, uh, uh, New Mexico Septic System, Um Gosh, uh, there were quite a few, and I Danny was Smith. Danny Smith, same day, 
auto and tire um beaver stripes out in phoenix arizona um uh mr Leighton crouch's uh a business high plains building division and the fine folks of morton excavating and they came along all those uh, supporters came together and and wanted to be a part of the, the the show that we put together and so you know it ended up being a good supplement for what i would have missed out on working the broadcast in and uh, I, I'm I'm just so very blessed for Matt and Ashley and the entire Han family for being in my corner and believing in my talents. You know, we've been doing this stuff a long time and mm-hmm. it's kind of old hat. And, you know, sometimes you get in a lackadaisical routine and um, you just flow and you're on autopilot and it's all riding a bicycle and it's natural conversation between yourself and and whoever you may be interviewing and. And to our advantage, we've gotten to know a lot of these guys so well that it seems to be a conversation with two grown men goofballing around and there so happens to be a microphone there. You know what I mean? And so sometimes we uh, we veer off course and, and we uh, we we might graze the wall a little bit or jump the cushion a little bit with with being a little loose lipped here and there. And I think that that's probably. That's probably you think what, that's what got you. That's probably what corporate America did not um, appreciate in me. But you and Kirk and Todd and anyone that's probably watching that that has kept up with us all these years know that I am just who I am. And anytime you see me with you or on any social media, that's not anyone else but me, one hundred percent. And I think that you can attest to that. And I just do what I do. Right. So uh, I don't know if you see what uh, Nina said right there. She says, Scotty, um, you would have done a much better job. You have a great way of interviewing the young kids. I love your aunt and uncle. I they am... just bought a, a doc last week. They did. Aunt, aunt, aunt Rhonda and Uncle David got a, a doc from Miss Nina Jenneton, and I was so very tickled to say that. And um, beautiful words, beautiful lady, and probably you know like bob douglas was for you guys with rod and supply your first supporter um i believe miss nina jenneton uh was probably the first supporter that i ever uh got support from maybe gosh 15 years ago and there have been others that have been by the side like impact signs awnings and wraps but i do believe if my memory serves that um ozarks barge and dock service was the first sponsor that i ever had and she's been uh just what a beautiful, blessed lady, and she's such a great woman. I love what I love about her is that uh, she does not bite her tongue. You know where you stand with her, and if you uh, jump the cushion and get out of line a little bit, you you will get a you <laughs> you will be corrected. Much as the same Miss Fuzz Han used to do back in the day. You know, you just know where you stand with Nina, and uh, if she believes you in you and and she cares for you, and she understands that. Uh, uh, you are likewise a, a good person towards her. Uh, she do anything in the world, and I, I'm just very blessed for her. And Nina, I might need a, I might need to get a rental car when I get back to Columbia. I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> it, it, the fender's knocked down just a little bit on it, so I have to go for a little test drive here in a little bit and see how everything shakes down. Yeah. Just when everything was going so smoothly down here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Scotty, um. Let's talk about what you're doing now with the Luxor ASCS National Sprint Car Tour. You're not only um, uh, 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 a pit reporter, 
but you're an official as well now. It's it's a it's it's funny because you know me very well and know that I, I that's out of your comfort zone. I, I mean, I, I'm capable and I'm fine, but I you know me well enough to know that I'll walk 13 miles detour to avoid any sort of a confrontation. And being an official is just what that is. If someone has a problem, they're going to come to you to rectify it. And even though I'm just the track side announcer guy, you know, um, I, I, Terry, you know, Terry asked me at the beginning of the year last year when it was a little bit of a handful for Angie Battles and um, Brandon Hahn to coordinate um, hot laps and more so qualifying, particularly qualifying, because that's a, a coordinated dance and uh it's kind of like herding cats and if you've got 50 race cars and we're shooting them out three at a time that turns into a a a chore and a workload and you have to uh keep everything in line i'll make sure all the drivers are where they need to be when it's time to get shoved off and so early in the season last year um angelo we we were at where in the world well i believe it was texarkana where crawley just took over uh Man, there's only one lane. There, there's one lane, and it's wide enough to go push off and come off the track, and so that creates a mess for qualifying back there. In fact, I hope we can try to figure something different out there. Do you like qualifying? I think I do. Yeah, I think it just adds an extra element to the program, and I think that um, you know, with the invert, you know, the cards fall out where they may. And I, I don't oppose it. Um, the only the only thing that would that make me dislike it, which is probably not even a viable reason at all, it's just a it's a work it's a workload coordinating coordinating pushing out three cars at a time. If you've got a big field of mm-hmm. cars, and and a lot of places you have limited space to do that, and so. Fortunately, most of the drivers, I mean, you have your screwballs here and there, but most of them have brains enough to know, okay, I know I go, I go out with these other two cars. And so they look for each other when they're headed to staging, but still yet, man, when you're confined some places in some pit areas, it's like freaking herding cats. So I was very, very happy to help out Angie and um, Brandon last year. And it kind of turned into a thing. Okay. Like Terry's like, you know, I, I told Terry, I was like, well, you know, I didn't sign up for this. I'm not an official. He's like, well, we're, we appreciate that you are an official. So in other words, you now are an official and you're the track side guy as well. And, um, uh, that's, that's just good and well. And I believe in everything that Terry does, even though every day I'm in complete amazement at how he shuffles everything like so much on a plate that it's overfloweth and to boot to even try to be a a basketball coach for boys and girls middle school uh junior varsity in Drumright Oklahoma that young man he works so he he absolutely blows my mind if if I you know I, I I promoted one race two times and I look back on that, and I'm like, "That's all I want. I don't, I don't want that. That's yeah. too much. You just give me a microphone, and we'll go find somebody to talk to. You know." Yeah. But uh, all good and well. What, what do you think, uh, uh, Terry's first year 
running ASCS, OCRS, United Rebel Sprint Car Series, now 600. He, he, he's got so much on his plate. I think he did a pretty good job, though, didn't he? Man, again, I'll just go r- pick right back up where I left off. It's just hard for me to comprehend knowing, you know, I don't want confrontation. I don't want to hear anything about anything. I just want to live life and breathe. Well, uh, wearing the boots and the hat that he has to wear, that's open invitation for that. That is part of what he does. And I, I, a lot of stress. I tried to, I tried to tell him, and I think Matt and Ashley tried to explain to him as well, particularly Matt Ward, as he came in, look, these guys are going to cry and cry and piss on you and they'll be lined up one right after the, the other, wanting to cry and piss all night, every stop, every week. That's just the way it is. That's the way I'm not calling them a bunch of crybabies. That's just the way all racers are. If they have a uh, an issue that that throws them off a notch in their progress of the evening, by God, there's they're going to go have a word about it and find out what the deal is. Well, with that, you know, first night, first race of the year, Devil's Bowl last year, last spring, I recall after trying to plant the seed for a couple of weeks, dude, you better be prepared because this is what you're going to get. He already knew this because he's, but he didn't know it hands on being stop in, stop out and just knowing how the flow goes. And he found out the first night. And, uh, after the first night at devil's bowl, it was like, just like after the night was over, you know, he's a Terry, Terry wears his emotions on his sleeve. And if, and if he's, if he's not happy about something, you certainly know it. Not in an angry sort of way, but he, you know, he gets very quiet. And I could tell, like, when the night was over, he used to, his ass was kicked. Yeah. And 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 it was as we told him it was going to be all night long. They were lined up all night, right, right. and everybody had an issue with qualifying. And you know, it was the first night out. We tried qualifying. Well, so with all that being said, um, as we progressed through the year, I think the. Uh, Shoulders grew taller. The skin got a little bit thicker. And um, I, I'm I'm just fascinated by the boy with how he just chews on everything that he tries to eat. You mentioned uh, Angie Battle. She is she is his right, right hand, hand woman. Right hand woman. Mm-hmm. And, and and she she puts up with a lot of flack down there. Uh, staging in the staging area as well, doesn't she? You know, I don't know. I don't know, actually, honestly, that she. Well, yeah, per crying and pissing and moaning, yeah, yeah. A- a- any official, uh, um, what? No matter, you're you're gonna get that. And she, you know, she only ends up doing what she she ultimately is going to do, and that's hey, you're gonna have to go through. You're going to have to get straight to the camel's mouth and get it from him. You know, I'm just the, but so far as uh, the, uh, it's, it's really cool for me to see the uh, rapport and the respect and the, uh, re- honestly, the, the love, because we all love her so much, but the rapport and the respect that she's established with the drivers, mm-hmm. you know, that takes a little digging to get through to oh, some, a lot of those guys. Yeah. Uh, for you and I, you know, 12, 15 years, and there's still a few that, that are just goofy, you know, or maybe yeah. hard to hard to hard to be like that, you know. So with that, Angie uh, gets a lot of respect from the drivers, uh, uh, 
a lot of um and she gets love from everybody everybody loves her and 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 she's earned that respect as well what where i came in and got shoehorned into the official portion of it was uh on occasion it gets overwhelming to her and she gets smothered to and you know how it is when you get right. smothered and you feel like you're in spin cycle and you feel like you're in quicksand um by god she handles it though very well uh but you know there's a melting point for anyone and everyone and so that's kind of how i kind of got shoehorned into help out a little bit and and i'm very glad because i do love her and i i appreciate terry and their relationship the way they go between is uh a sibling thing uh they you know how siblings are right um so it's funny and and a lot of fun to watch them interact and you know obviously to we 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 all up and down the road you know how it is and brian holbert it's all just we're all family just like you yeah. were and always will be and uh we're just gonna head back to devil's bowl and wind it all up and do it all over again see martin and amanda they got another bun in the oven as well yeah martin did you know that yeah i, I did know that yeah yeah, yeah. congratulations and, to martin and amanda and, edwards and a good thing about uh, devil's bowl is it hasn't been sold and that's a good thing yeah it's kind of like East Bay last year. Last year, they said it'd be the last year. When we were at Devil's Bowl last year, there were heavy, heavy murmurings that this might be it. We didn't know coming into the Winter na uh, the, the winter Nationals last fall whether that might be the last time that we ever saw a race at Devil's Bowl. Uh, so uh, off-season approached, and things got prolonged a little bit. And so I think at the very least, we're at least going to get one more spring race in that's what martin told me i mean mm -hmm. so it's almost like not getting into details and not really knowing what the hell's going on it's almost like you know they're, they're it's right there and it's ready to happen they're just dragging their toes a little bit and wanting to get it uh to get all they can out of that place and it's meant so much to so many people um this the 50th anniversary coming up for I believe the winter national of uh, the, 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 the spring and winter nationals yeah. there for the ASCS and uh, you know, and it's the first place they ever had a world of outlaws race. So the heritage and the prestige of that place. And I think that uh, uh, the, the, the family is just kind of dragging their toes and trying to get all the can out of it before they sign the ink on the paper. Well, and it, it, that, that day is going to come. It'll happen. It, it's definitely going to come. That area has grown. We've noticed mm -hmm. over the years how, how Dallas urban sprawl, it's just pushing out and Mesquite's only less than 10, 10 miles outside of the met, downtown, the Metroplex. And so just like any city, it's all, it's all pushed outward and, um, the value of the property has escalated and gone through the roof. Um, so there it's time and, yeah. and they're about ready to do it. And I think they're going to do it. And, uh, so the time has come. We just savor it for, it was kind of like, kind of like when Steve Kinzer hung his wheel and his helmet up for the last time, the last, there was a, there was a two or three or four year period there past his prime. When you're thinking, is this going to be the year that he hangs it up? You learned every time that you saw him race just to absolutely take in and cherish everything that you we're seeing, um, and it's kind of be the same way with Devil's Bowl. Whereas last fall, I thought I was doing that. It looks like uh, in about a month, I'll 
I'll be doing it all over again, just cherishing every moment there. Hey, uh, Scotty, uh, go ahead, Kurt. No, go ahead. You're going to finish up. I was going to get into what he's thinking about. We got a lot of racing this week out at Volusia, but uh, finish up your thought there before we get into that. Uh, I was just going to say, um, Scotty, it, it was pretty sad to see your Little Rock close up, wasn't it, bud? Yes. I mean, so much. It's just, uh, just in addition of everything we're talking about, how times change and things change. And I believe the same thing happened for Tracy Clay. Mm-hmm um there you know and that place the history and the heritage and all the short track nationals through the years and man it wasn't uh much for the eye so far as uh, pretty to see but a racer doesn't give much darn about amenities at a complex all that matters is the surface and the product and the configuration that the track lends to and some of the things that we saw at that track over the years uh, were short of outstanding, like bliss for an open wheel sprint car fan right. on a bull ring. There was a two or three year period of time there, I think uh, between 2007 to 2012, maybe where they tried to do, uh, take a little banking out and they put some yeah. new clay in and it right. didn't work, it didn't out, work out at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. But man, to their to their credit, they flipped that thing, and for the last three years, for four years since they redid it again, it's been outstanding again. And unfortunately, we saw the last one there at Short Track Nationals last fall and early October, and uh, a, just an awesome place, you know, a bucket list for people that that never got to see it, that never will now. How about uh, Tim Crawley taking over Arklatech Speedway as the <laughs> as the new? Uh, promoter down there what do you think about that i think that i think he's going to be fine i think he's got the 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 proper perfect demeanor and approach on life and everything how he approaches racing and everything family i think he'll do just fine with it i talked to him in fact before i came down here um he wants me to come up and work his bit first kickoff race and he 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 he's he said he's just kind of going through a process of of fastening the hat down and uh assertively taking care of everything one at a time you know promoting a, a speedway there are a lot of branches and entities you have to cover a lot of veins a lot of veins and so you know it's a lot to uh, bite off and chew and so he's doing it one at a time and i think he'll do honestly just fine and he's going to kick it off with a big uh non-wing asc elite series event there in uh it's weekend after devil's bowl which would be uh 17 18 uh, 23 24 of march might be 24 25th of march but uh i think i think he's uh, shame on me i think he's paying 10,000 and should be a big field and on that note and, and in relation to uh i-30 speedway in little rock arkansas he's going to carry forth the tradition of short the short track nationals and they're going to bring it down there to arklatech is it called arklatech no no it's not arklatech it's, it's uh, 67 it's uh texarkana texarkana that's it Gosh, did i guys... i called it arklatech yeah, yeah it's tim texarkana will, tim will be uh trying to put a knuckle on my arm and i ought to know better than that right um 
So, yeah, that place is a pretty cool place and looking forward to it. And really cool that Tim uh, wanted to, uh, you know, keep the keep their tradition going uh, from Short Track Nationals. And they're going to bring it down there this fall. And it ought to be fun to watch. Obviously, it's not the same track, but uh, it's the same event. There, there'll still be a big field of cars, I would assume, yeah. and plenty of time for him to get that put together. And I know that um, per the competitors – you know, everybody loved competing in that race so much, obviously with the melting pot of drivers that used to come into that event. It's kind of like uh, the Hockett Memorial has become. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to run it. So with that, I think um, with the rapport, the established rapport and respect that Tim already has amongst his peers, I think there'll be a, a lot of support, not only for Short Track Nationals, but but this kickoff event coming up. He's not. He's going to do it as you and I suggested that any modern day promoter should do it. The day of weekly racing is gone and getting people to come out every single week. Right. And so he's just going to run special events, I think, a couple of times a month. Kirk, go ahead. Kirk Elliott. Kirk. We're going to be at Volusia Speedway Park the next few nights. Sprint cars hit the track beginning tomorrow night. We got the All-Stars. Tuesday and Wednesday, the World of Outlaws, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Give us a preview. What do you think we're going to see out here? The op- big first big opening weekend of 410 Sprint Cars. Well, I think um, in the modern day of 410 Sprint Car Racing, you know, Scott made a Scott made a comment a little bit earlier that, that it's somewhat within the last two or three years has made a, a, a nice solid little rebound and a resurgent. And um, you know, it's kind of weird talking about Steve Kinzer, uh, a while ago, you know, you, you see eras transition. Well, we've transitioned from the Kinzer era to the shots era. And unbelievably that's kind of flown by in 12 year time span to where, um, no discredit to Donnie shots. Um, obviously guaranteed he, he, understands and realizes that this is a, a young man's game more so than ever. And, you know, he, uh, I hate to even say past his prime. I don't even like saying that because yeah. I know that he is still very fast and f- still very fully capable of winning, but it's just uh, the way it is in sign of the times. It's a young man's game. Um, none of us can fight father time. So we've seen transitions. And, and my point is it goes, Steve Kinzer, we've seen Donnie shots pass the torch. I, we're seeing a different era in sprint car racing now. Um, and a lot of young, young talent. There have been new teams kind of pop up here and there. And the talent from all over the country with an interesting blend now of PA drivers choosing to leave home and go out and chase money or chase the world of outlaws which is another aspect of the whole thing. You know, you've got Kyle Larson with his series and throwing money out. So that, that I got a little off course, but in relation to Volusia, what I'm trying to say is I think what you're going to see is just, man, just a, a potpourri of great racing, great racing. And uh, there's no solid, real solid favorite coming in. You know, there's just such a blend of talent all-stars, uh, even even drivers that run the All-Star Series are fully capable of winning 
two out three out of four or five nights next week. Yeah, no doubt about it. And when you see the guys run with the All Stars and the World of Outlaws, and, and when they go up to PA, um, they always have a chance up there, don't they? Wouldn't you say that uh, the PA drivers are exceptional? And we have a lot of followers that follow us up there in that PA area. But um, I, I got to believe that the, these all-star drivers and these World of Outlaw drivers, they're they're always up for the occasion when they get up there into PA. Well, that's what makes um, Central Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania racing so unique because, the uh, first of all, the fans there are as knowledgeable as any open-wheel sprint car fans there are anywhere across the United States. United States to the extent that they identify talent, they know who's good, they know what's good. And since 1978, they've known that the uh, World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series um, has the most talented traveling uh, competitive drivers in the country. And to that point, they are completely aware of how talented their drivers are and they take pride in their drivers, so that's why when the outlaws go to Pennsylvania, it's such a it's it's literally a big deal. It's yeah. like a big, it's like a rivalry, college football rivalry, or pro football, whatever you want to say. But it's a rivalry. So when the outlaws come to town uh, to PA, uh, you can rest assured whether it's the competitors uh, from out there in Pennsylvania or the outlaw drivers, all of them seem to uh, approach it a little differently and kind of, you know, focus their attention and, and get up on the wheel a little bit more. Just a rivalry game, you know? Right. All right. So l- let's um, let's talk a little bit about Kansas City Chiefs football. What do you think the score is going to be this weekend? Oh, man. Well, it depends on if Pat shows up, and it depends on if – the defense can step up, but um, what we've seen in the NFL in the last two, three years with Pat Mahomes is. Um, is he, the, is he the, one of the greatest ever? He's getting there. He needs a few more years of padding some numbers, but uh, I think if that kid keeps going the way he is in the next uh, three or four years, you're going to start thinking you're definitely going to start thinking that, you know, if he can stay healthy, I think the sky's the limit for him, and he's already proven that throughout his brief career that he can pull – his forte is pulling rabbits out of his hat mm-hmm. each and every game. Um, you can never count him out, especially when he's got a weapon like Kelsey, which, by the way, those two have ESPN, can read each other's mind and body yeah, language. Oh yeah. And so if the defense can step up, I think that uh, – I think the Chiefs will win, and and I, I I don't know that I I would say that that I think that they can win handily because it's Phil, going to be a tough game. Philadelphia is salty. They're as salty as anything the NFC has had this year, and they they uh, made it all the way to the end, and now it's just going to be a showdown and see who shows up. Give me a score. Oh man, uh, let's see here. Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, 20, 31, Philadelphia Eagles, 24. I'm going 27-24, Chiefs. All right, Scotty, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the show. Um, 
we're going to go out there and give your car a test drive here in a little bit. Oh, Lord. If there are any automobile dealerships there in the Kansas City area or across the United States that uh, would like some shameless plugs on a uh, premier sprint car series across the nation, we might need to be talking soon. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. All right. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Lee Spencer is going to join us on the show. We are going to have her on. We'll talk about last night's race at the Coliseum. Uh, a lot of beating and banging, a lot of cars spinning out there last night. And uh, we will be back with more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodendsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. 
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod read. and Supply has the will assortment do. of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Kirk Elliott along with Scott Trailer, who's in Florida. And we have Lee Spencer joining us right Kirk, now. Kirk, Kirk, Let's Kirk, get, Kirk. Kirk. Get the read. Kirk, you need to do the live read. And we'll do that right after we get Lee Spencer on right now. Lee, how you doing? Sorry to keep you waiting. Awesome. I thought we had an interesting kickoff to the NASCAR season and uh, kind of get your blood running to, to keep rolling now. Yeah. Hey, Lee, uh, let's talk about last night. Um, Martin Truex didn't win a race last year, but he picked up the win last night. That had to be good for his confidence, didn't it? I would think it would be huge for his confidence because when you're a, a NASCAR Cup champion and you go for eight years, you know, every year you've won a race and then all of a sudden you don't. You finish 17th in the standings, don't make it to the playoffs. This is a guy who's used to advancing to the championship four on a regular basis. So when you take all those things into consideration, you got to be scratching your head and, and asking, you know, what the hell is going on here? You know, what do we have to do differently? And um, I think from the moment that they got to L.A., the kind of speed that we saw from them out of practice, um, yeah, they were a bit off in qualifying, but then he came from six and won his heat. Um, I, I thought that they had a very um, convincing performance. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Bubba Wallace is too happy with Austin Dillon. Do you think? No, I, I, I don't. Um, I got to tell you, and this is one of those situations where you've heard the speculation and you heard the question and, and somebody's going to ask it. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they were talking about could the L.A. Coliseum evolve into a points-paying race. And, I mean, quite honestly, you had 27 cars on there yesterday on, on that quarter-mile track. Can you imagine putting 36 cars out there? I mean, it would be a crap show. I mean, because they've got nowhere to go. It's like one guy checks up, another guy gets into him, or a guy comes into the corner hot and he takes out three people. I mean, it just um, – it's <laughs> – I don't, some of it was just racing. I don't think Austin Dillon and, and Bubba, you know, I think that was a little over-aggressive, but you're going to have that on a short track, especially in the closing laps of the race. Yeah, no doubt. It, it, I, I felt like that uh, that uh, Bubba Wallace was kind of bumping on Austin a little bit, and Austin went back there to pay him back. Is, is that what you saw? There was a lot of back and forth, whether it was that situation – Todd Gillen and, and Harvick, I mean, uh, you know, that was another one. It was like Todd, Todd Gillen in the field. But, um, you know, Harvick's not one to just 
let something go by. And you heard Kyle Bush's comments afterwards in regards to Joy Logano. I mean, if you're looking at a place just to kind of, you know, sow seeds and, and fertilize it and then let it come back to bite you later on, I mean, I think that yesterday's drama, um, it set up a lot of good storylines going forward. And, you know, drivers, they don't forget anytime soon. So, um, you know, there could be retaliation down the pike uh, after some of the stuff that we saw, even though it wasn't a point saying right. You know, I said this a little bit earlier in the show that I believe that Kyle Busch, RCR had a really good race last night. I mean, Austin Dillon running second, Kyle Busch running third. But do you believe that Kyle Busch could be the next, and I I, I don't want to say this with any disrespect to Dale Earnhardt, but do you feel like Kyle Busch is going to race harder driving the eight car than he has driven in the last few years because he knows that Richard Childress will take up for him? Do you think so? Um, Really hard to say. I think there's a couple of factors you need to look at. Number one, he is not racing for a – sponsor now that is going to be up his butt, right? Because M&M Mars, they sell to children. I mean, they sell to the masses, right? But their market is children. Um, And a huge, huge amount of the sales that, you know, of merchandise that went to uh, younger demographic, as far as race fans go, were the M&Ms. I mean, you see a bunch of kids wearing M&Ms gear, right? It it was just an extremely popular um, sponsor with the younger set. So um, I think that the Mars family kind of looked at, you know, we want to kind of keep things PG or G around here. And um, I never thought Kyle Bush was a good fit for that, right? And so um, Joe was always, you know, asking for forgiveness rather than asking for permission because he knew that the type of driver he had was, was hell on wheels. And um, if you wanted you know, remarkable results, you were going to get them out of Kyle. Um, but you also got all the baggage and, you know, the, the gruff exterior that went with it. Um, you know, that would be my, my number one. Okay, you don't have to worry about that anymore, right? Number two, um, I think he's he's got something to prove going over there. And he did not have a great relationship the last couple of years with his crew chief, Ben Bayshore, they just didn't get along. There was no chemistry between them from the minute that JGR put those two together. And it was just, you know, if if Reddick, if Briscoe and Reddick don't wreck coming out of the fourth corner at the Bristol Dirt Race, Kyle Busch probably goes winless last year. And I don't think that's a reflection on Kyle Busch. I think it's a reflection on Joe Gibbs Racing. And I think it's a reflection on the kind of relationship that he had with his crew chief. You know, because that being said, you know, let's go back to Martin Truex Jr. Truex didn't win last year. This was not the best outing that we saw from Joe Gibbs Racing, right? Um, yeah, you know, Bell was Bell was good. He was competitive at the end. Denny was okay. Um, but this, you know, overall the kind of success that you've seen across the board at JGR just wasn't there. Now he's got a new situation. He's got a crew chief that he likes at Randall Burnett. Um, and I think that they're going to have, you know, they have an opportunity to really 
um, set the world afire. Well, yeah. you can just see it in Kyle Bush's demeanor, Lee. Uh, just uh, It looks like a whole weight has been taken off his shoulders, just the way he acted and his whole demeanor this weekend with this new team. He looks like he is really ready for this season to kick off. Well, you know, as Tony Stewart used to say when somebody rubbed him the wrong way, you know, so you think you're Billy Badass. Well, Kyle Bush can be Billy Badass all he wants because his 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 uh, team owner, you know, he's the ultimate, you know, badass of the team owners, right? I mean, um, Richard takes Richard Childress doesn't take any crap from anybody, and. Um, he expects his drivers to stand up for themselves. He expects them to, you know, come into the ring with a pair. And, and he's not going to have to tell Kyle Busch to ever get up on the wheel. It's not, you know, it, it's not like, you know, back in the days where, you know, you never knew which Clint Boyer you were going to get. When, when Kyle Busch straps in, you're getting 110%, and, and it's take no prisoners. And um, that's the kind of driver that, you know, if, Richard Childers could write down on paper everything he was looking for in the ideal driver. Kyle Busch would would call the boxes. How do you think? Hey. How do you think RC and his grandson liked it in the post race interview when Kyle Busch said, "I let Austin go because I thought he had a better char, uh, car than I had to go up and try to do something with the 19." Well, I mean, I think that that's just smart racing, right? Um, you can you can take a car that's a tenth place car and try to get a top five with it. It all comes down to managing the equipment. I think Kyle Busch is one of the best in the business with understanding the limitations of his equipment, and uh, that's a perfect example. If you're going to take one for the team, and you know that your your teammate has a faster car than you, has a better car than you then hell yeah, let him go. If he's got the opportunity to, to run down the competition, if you really believe that, you know, he's in that position, um, and, you know, uh, then I think he, he makes the right decision from a strategical standpoint. Um, you know, you let your best guy go, and I think he did that. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question about Jimmy Johnson, um, Lee. Do, do you think this is going to tarnish – his his reputation as a driver coming back, you know, he didn't do very well the last time he raced with full-time in NASCAR. Uh, do you think this could blemish his career a little bit if he comes back and he doesn't do well? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think there are certain drivers who stayed too long in the series. Uh, Mark Martin was not one of them, right? Mark Martin was was competitive until the end. Darrell Waltrip, on the other hand, um, not so much. And some of these guys, they weren't there when NASCAR paid out the big bucks. And so, and you're not going to have this problem again. Nobody is going to stay around later in NASCAR than they need to because the money is better than it was when they started. You're not, you will never see that moment in time come again for NASCAR, right? But, you know, DW hung around. The money was fabulous. He didn't want to leave. But um, there are hordes of NASCAR fans who don't remember his glory days. And if you're a new fan coming in and you haven't been a lifelong fan, um, and you've heard all these great things about Jimmy Johnson and his seven championships, and he goes out there and 
you know, he's, he's struggling every week to be t- a top 20 driver, then you're going to have issues with it. I think he's really going to pick and choose um, racetracks where he can excel not to embarrass himself. Because, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. You get in this situation, and if he doesn't have competitive cars, I think his secret weapon, honestly, will be Todd Gordon. If the two of them hit it off, if the two of them can develop chemistry right out of the box, I mean, you know, Todd's the championship crew chief, um, you know, then everything's going to be all right. But if the two don't see eye to eye and, um, you know, each week is a struggle and, and Jimmy doesn't take to this new car, then um, he might second guess his decision. Hey, uh, yeah. we, we, we still have a problem with fire. Uh, Ty Gibbs' car caught on fire. Uh, that looked like a big one there. Just uh, what, what's NASCAR going to do now after this latest incident? I think when they did a little bit of searching into the situation, they realized that that was on Joe Gibbs Racing and not so much the the car. Um, so apparently from what I was gathering from reports coming out of the Coliseum was um, it came on the assembly side and something that Joe Gibbs Racing did wrong, not necessarily the package. So I, you know, I will defer to the people that were boots on the ground on that one, Kurt. Yeah, um, let's uh, let's talk about Kyle Larson going to run the Indianapolis 500. What do you what do you think his chances are of him running as good as Kirk Bush did? Kirk, I think he ran eighth in his first Indianapolis 500. What do you think Kyle Bush's chances are of running that well? I think Kyle Larson will have a really good shot at, at running the Indy 500, you know, being with the team that he's at, giving it a whole additional year to kind of put things together to get used to it, you know, maybe getting to test with uh, the team ahead of time. Um, I think that'll really help, you know, kind of expedite the process of learning how to drive those cars. Uh, he definitely showed that he was um, – you know, the way that he's, he's gone methodically into, like, you know, adding late models, you know, dirt late models to his, his repertoire. I mean, everything he's done, he's done to the point where, um, you know, he, he's done it the right way. And I think that they're putting too much into this program for it not to be successful. And as long as, you know, he doesn't have a mechanical issue and kind of just stays the course that he should be fine. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, uh, there's another story that broke here just recently about um, Ross Chastain and his move that he made at Martinsville, sticking it up against the wall. NASCAR is not going to allow teams to do that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think that they're right to the point where, you know, it could get out of hand and, um, you know, it was fabulous to watch, but the, you know, right after it happened, then you had people playing devil's advocate, you know, on one hand, the drivers were saying, Oh, it was absolutely fabulous. I wish I would have thought about it. And then, you know, at further review, right. Um, they didn't think it was, as, um, it was something that should be entered into their repertoire, their arsenal of, of weapons. And so, um, I think that they made the right decision looking at, you know, looking at the safety of it at, on a whole, because it, it worked out, you know, it worked out perfectly. Um, it could have gone absolutely, you know, 180 degrees the other direction. So uh, it, 
it's definitely one for NASCAR, you know, for the highlight reel from here to eternity. But um, it's it's probably, you know, if NASCAR continues to police it at the rate that they said they will, not something we're going to see again. So I, I hope you guys enjoyed it the first time. It's official right. now. Kevin Harvick's joining Clint Boyer and Mike Joy in the booth next year. Um, it, you know, it's kind of like the worst kept secret ever, right? Um, I'm glad that they made it official. I'm glad that they all had the opportunity to, to um, you know, get it out into the open. I think he's going to do a heck of a job, um, you know, within that role. Uh, I would, you know, there, uh, there are other tweaks that I might make, but, um, I would like to see more Kurt Busch this year, you know, kind of give them that opportunity. I'm kind of surprised that they went with Tony for the opener and not Kurt, since Kurt's more familiar with these cars. Um, you know, it just, uh, I think Tony does a fabulous job. I thought the back and forth with him and the other drivers was, was you know, entertaining. Um, but I, I think that, you know, Harvick, I think we've kind of, you know, been talking about this for like three years. It w- I think it was inevitable that he was going to end up in the TV booth and uh, after retirement. Do you think that Kevin Harvick will be more outspoken than most of the analysts that are up there in the booth? I hope so. I mean, I you know I think that having two years of with this car under his belt it gives him a fresh perspective to add to it. Um, you know, it, it's he he just really he, he he doesn't hold back right i mean he hasn't held back the last couple of years i just you know wonder how much freedom he's going to have um you know how much freedom the the sanctioning body will um allow him to have because over this last year when they were trying to get the car right and reflecting on the safety aspects of it he was very critical and you know outspoken and i just hope that um, that continues going forward. I mean, I don't think, it, you know, it depends what kind of relationships he's going to have. Um, there's so much, um, what's the word, nepotism that goes on in the sport and, you know, drivers up there that are car owners that, you know, talk about their team. I think we saw a big moment or, you know, saw something that reflects that when Jimmy had, Eric Jones get into a little bit of a skirmish and, and Tony said, you better get used to it. And, um, you know, that, that's the difficult part where it's your, it's your team, um, or your sibling or your son or whoever, uh, it kind of muddies the journalistic waters, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think he'll, 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 I think Kevin will, um, you know, as long as he remains kind of uh, Switzerland, I, I think he'll he'll do a heck of a job. Yeah. What have they done with the car, with the rigidness of the car? Have they have they made some changes to the back end of these cars? They have, but I'm waiting to see whether or not I sent Kurt Busch. Um, I saw him talking to. So Larry McReynolds up in the stand, so I asked him if, if this was the new car or the old car. Um, so, you know, just to try to get an idea as to whether or not 
um, you know, when they were wrecking, if there was going to be more, you know, what the impact, you know, was this something that we should look at as far as are we going to judge this on new car or old car impact, right? Um, because they did try to soften up the back to absorb more of the impact. Um, I, you know, I had not had time to get a reply back from NASCAR yet as to which car they were actually using this weekend because I would have thought um, since they did bring out the mufflers that they were trying new things and that perhaps the new short track package would be part of this. And Kurt told me it was the, you know, the regular car. And so I'm, you know, still looking for some sort of clarification on that. Well, and, and with the speeds that they run at the Coliseum, it probably wasn't such a big deal to run that car there at that racetrack. Would you agree with that? All I know is Tyler Reddick was very outspoken spoken this morning on um, Sirius when he was talking about his experience and the hits he was taking. And um, he didn't seem to think that there, you know, that there was a significant change in the impact. So, um, you know, again, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hold judgment until I hear back from NASCAR as far as whether or not this was the new car, or the, or the, you know, the, the alterations to the uh, next gen car. Any All other right, any well, other we'll just... any other big stories out of LA that we haven't touched on that uh, you didn't think about heading into the weekend? Um, I just you know think watching. Um, I I will say I'm kind of concerned about you know Keselowski. You know he, he didn't make it to the feature last year. Didn't make it to the feature this year. Really thought you know, they had time to work on this car, and we might have seen a little something, something, but you know it just didn't show up. I thought uh, Chase Elliott didn't show up, even though he was in the the feature. He just, I mean, he wasn't competitive, and I mean this 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 event it doesn't really equate to anything we're going to see in the future. I mean, I, I believe that you know Truex for for that team, this was a as Martin said, a, a shot in the arm for the, a big shot in the arm for them. They really needed to know that they could win again after the kind of year they had last year. Um, but, you know, just seeing how the new teams work with the new crew chiefs, um, you know, the RCR element, I thought that that was, that was solid. Uh, Reddick seemed to be happy working with Bubba. Um, you know, those, those were probably the two biggest changes. And, and, you know, we haven't even touched on Ryan Priest, one of the coolest things, you know, and Ryan Priest said, um, I can't wait to get the LA Coliseum because you know, this track is representative of what I cut my teeth on. Here's a couple of things with Ryan, right? Ryan led more laps yesterday than Cole Custer did um, in the 41 car. So I think that there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, just having that kind of, you know, having that kind of race, leading those kind of laps. He showed he could run up front, even if it is just on a short track, right? Because you think about A.J. Allmendinger, the reason A.J. Allmendinger is back in the Cup Series is because it's likely he's going to win a Cup race. Winning a Cup race will lock him into the, the playoffs. So um, yeah. Ryan Priest absolutely has the opportunity to do the same thing on a short track. Now, the second part of that equation is, and think of this big picture, 
and this should give you something to talk about, you know, for the rest of the week. We, we, you know, we've kind of lost sight as far as bringing in drivers into the Cup Series, having them come through NASCAR's ladder system. And when they get here, because they've been rushed, you know, so quickly through trucks, through Xfinity, through Cup, they have no fan base. They bring no fan base with them. If you had heard the number of people calling from the Northeast that had watched Priest, you know, run his modified um, up in New England over the years, you know, he's got a hell of a fan base. The New Englanders, they come out to the racetrack. They watch these kids. He's a kid who cut his teeth up there, who built a fan base, brought the fan base with him uh, when he started dabbling in Xfinity, brought the fan base with him when he ran, you know, the limited truck series. Uh, so when he had a hellacious day yesterday, and, and I thought Martin Truex Jr. was very kind and complimentary of, of his former uh, Northeasterner, you know, let's just call him Yankee for for easy purposes. Um, you know, there were people calling in because they watched this kid come up through the ranks and he earned his spot into NASCAR's cup level. And I think that that's what's missing today with these kids who, you know, Mom and Pop or Grandpa write a check, and all of a sudden they're cup drivers. I mean, give me a damn break. Um, right. you know, Priest earned his way to get here, and he's going to make the most op- of his opportunity. And if he doesn't, then, you know, he'll go back to doing something else. But at least he did it the right way. He did it the traditional way, and there's not enough left. There's not a, a, enough of those um, incidents, incidences in today's NASCAR. Yeah. All right, Lee, what do you got coming up on Racer Boys? I'm probably going to write on that, so there's my preview. <laughs> okay. Hey, a great great article on uh, Tanner Thorson, though, that great piece up there right now. Thank you. Um, really enjoyed doing that with Tanner and Ace McCarthy, and um, I hope things work out for Tanner. I really think that he brings a lot to the table, and, and certainly uh, you could ask for worse people to mentor you when it comes to uh, work ethic and, and being up on the wheel. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, Lee, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. We appreciate it, man. That was a, that was a pretty exciting race. And, and you know, the one thing exciting about that is, is that 22 of the 27 cars finished on the lead lap last night. That was pretty exciting. Well, hell, there were so many cautions, but you know, it right. gave ample opportunity to the lucky dogs <laughs> in the field, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. Thank you, Lee. We appreciate you. See you this weekend. Thank, thanks All for right. hanging on. We'll appreciate it. Bye. Bye. There she is. Good stuff. Hey, uh, Scott, the Hall of Fame. We got the uh, 70th anniversary uh, Corvette that uh, will be given away as part of the uh, 2023 drawing on August the 19th. Man, this is some kind of car. It, it's really a race car on the street, isn't it? I mean, this is really a special Corvette that they're going to give away this year. Uh, you can win the Z06 Corvette with the Z07 Performance Package in a pearl white metallic tricoat color along with the $25,000 in cash. Here are just some of the uh, specifics on this Corvette. 760 horsepower, 5.5 LT6 V6 engine, or V8 engine, obviously a V8. 
uh, 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds, 8-speed transmission, lofty 8,600 RPM, creating 670 horsepower, all-new aluminum cylinder block casting with small block engine, uh, signature 4.4 bore spacing, dual coil valve springs. Uh, man, it's it, this thing's got everything. The brake calipers, edge red brake calipers on this race car. Uh, it's uh, I'm not sure if they've taken delivery of this thing up at the Hall of Fame or not yet, but it's certainly going to be up there by the time the racing season starts. They hadn't really had the thing constructed yet here just as of a few weeks ago. But this thing is going to be sitting in that front window at the Hall of Fame soon. And you can enter in this drawing right now. Winacorvette.com and uh, get in on when, this. It's for a great cause. Go ahead. Hold on, Kirk. Kirk that's win a Z06 Corvette, isn't it? That's it. Thanks, yeah. for, thanks for that correction. I want to make sure everybody right. gets to the right to the right side here to enter in this drawing and uh it's got it goes for a great cause all of the things that you see up at the hall of fame is due to all of the fundraising that bob baker and his team have uh, successfully done over the years and this is the 2023 this is the best corvette yet don't you think scott oh i think so for sure yeah so we appreciate uh, appreciate everything Bob has done up at the Hall of Fame. And uh, they're going to have the uh, Williams Grove exhibit up there this year. Last year it was Ascot Park. Williams Grove is going to be featured up there in 2023. All right, Tammy. You know how much I love you, but I'm not going to agree with you. Tammy says that the Eagles are going to win 28-21. Oh, my. For those of us here in Kansas City, let's hope that doesn't happen. That's not I, – I, I believe <laughs> that this is going to be one of the toughest games the Chiefs ever played. Yeah. But I think, I think the Chiefs are going to come out on top, though. I, I, I think you're right. This is going to be one of the tough games because the Eagles run the ball very well, and uh, that's probably the strength that they have. And if Patrick Mahomes is standing on the sidelines a lot of the game while the Eagles are out there running the ball and eating time off the clock – that makes it tough. Well, and, and just so you know, I, I believe that in that last playoff game that they played, who, who'd they play, Dallas? Uh, they Was played it? San Francisco. They beat the, San Francisco. Right. I, I, I think um, their quarterback only threw for 122 yards in that game. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yes. Yeah, he didn't have to throw it all that much because the, the, the other team didn't have a quarterback. Brock Purdy went down hurt. And so uh, that the game was effectively over with about seven minutes to go in the first quarter of that game when Brock Purdy went down. And then the, the quarterback that they brought in to replace him fumbled the ball, and then he got a concussion. And so they brought Brock Purdy back into the game. The game was over, way over by that time. So the Eagles really... All they had to do is just kind of maintain the lead, and Jalen Hurts really didn't have to do a whole lot. Well, he's going to have to do a whole lot to beat the Chiefs. No doubt. No question about it. You got Patrick listen, Mahomes now listen, to deal with. What people don't understand about the Chiefs, the Chiefs' defense is a lot better than what people give them credit for. Boy, they showed it in that game uh in that uh, championship game against the Bengals, the Chiefs' defense was just awesome in that game. Yep, they were. 
No doubt that, about you it. know the way the way they the way they kept uh, Joe Burrow. Once they punted the ball back to Joe Burrow, I thought, oh no, here we go. And for the Chiefs' defense to get Cincinnati off the field and Joe Burrow when they did, and then come back and and win that uh, game with that uh, field goal, that that that's on the Chiefs' defense that that made that happen. The Chiefs' defense is a lot better than what people give them credit for. Would you agree with that, Todd? Oh, yeah. No, we've improved our defense since we got our ass handed to us in the Super Bowl. And we kind and, of. And we got a bunch of rookies playing. Yeah, people don't realize that last that last game for us, we've essentially had our whole backfield was nothing but was rookies. We had four starting rookies playing quarterback safeties. It was. Uh, you know they did a hell of a job there, so I, it it's going to be the toughest game of the year. Um, good to see two number one seeds advance all the way to the championship game. Sometimes you don't get that. Sometimes you get a one versus a four or something, and and um, the hype doesn't live up to it. So hopefully this year the hype will live up to everything, and we'll have a good game. Yeah, is uh, Sneed and Gay and these guys, are they going to be okay? Yeah. Well, Sneed uh, was hurt. In that Sneed was game. hurt. It looks, it just Sneed, looks. Sneed's going to be back, I think. Yeah, Sneed will be back. It just looks like we're going to be back. And to Tony's going to be back. Yeah, it just looks like we'll be back to pretty much where we were going into that game. I mean, look at the wide receivers the Chiefs were left with yeah. in that game. I mean, they, they were down to about nothing. Nothing. Had the guy on the yeah. practice squad. Caught a caught a ball, yeah. so you know that that just shows you everything you need to know. Is well, hopefully they'll all be healed up by the time Sunday rolls around. Yeah, hopefully. they're going to need everybody. Right. They're going to need everybody yeah. in this game. Now this is an all hands on deck game. If you're if you're a willing body, you're you're on right now, right? I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Well, man, be yeah. safe down well, there, Scott, it, and hopefully, Scotty. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, I'll Scotty. make it back home. I'll be back home by Sunday, I think. Yeah. Well, hopefully this, the car situation with Scotty Cook gets taken care of and you guys have a good rest of your week down there. Yeah, All be right, safe so down there. Yeah. Well, again, um, Mostly Motorsports has been brought to you by Rod In Supply. Again, it's featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Uh, we're going to be covering them a lot this year. So uh, we can't thank Bob Douglas enough for being a part of our show and coming on board and Again, Bob Douglas was our first sponsor ever with the Racing Boys, and we can't thank him enough. He is such a great guy. He's such a, 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 a just a, a huge asset to the Racing Boys, and we can't thank him enough for being a part of our of our show. Um, so Steve said the defensive front line to get pressure on the quarterback, and um, I'll, I will have fun, Marie. <laughs> We'll have fun down here for sure. I didn't. All I right. didn't know Marie was such a big Eagles fan. It's not Marie. It's Tammy. Oh, Tammy. Okay, Tammy. Tammy's the big Eagles fan. Tammy's the big Eagles. But Marie fan. is there up there in Philly. I thought I heard uh, Marie. Uh, she she didn't really care for the Eagles that much. Is what I heard. Yeah. Well, again, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll do it all over again next Monday, right here at twelve noon Central Time. On RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod In Supply. And we can't thank Bob Douglas enough for being a part of the show. And 
we're, we're looking forward to doing it. Don't forget track talk on Saturday morning. We'll be here at 8 a.m. Central Time, and it's two hours long, and it's all brought to you by Rod In Supply. For Kirk Elliott, for Todd Surprise, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on Mostly Motorsports. <laughs>